Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's see who else is here. Time to call roll. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, Sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, he used to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys not suck. And when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. Steph Curry. We suck tonight. Terry Bores. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. Aww. 
know it sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck in that stuck to us when, when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that f- suck out there. Nicholas Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, Chris Ballard. And now we get we lay, lose these last two games and we just suck. Giannis. We suck. Play bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Drew Doughty. Thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um... Garth Algar. Turn it off, man. Turn it off. It's sucking my will to live. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. <laughs> Mark Grody. Bueller. Bueller. Trash Panda. Bueller. Bueller. Oh my God. Caesar Perez. Hello, sir. Hey, Caesar. Welcome. How are you? Glad somebody showed up. I'm doing good. I know. We're the only ones uh, bringing the suckers this Saturday, but we got to bring it hard, Steve. Yeah. Do? Yeah. Well, the White Sox are, it's an amazing thing. Liam Hendricks right there. They're trying not to suck. And just the main thing is don't suck. Well, you sucked. It was just, they had two, two leads late in the game, protected neither of them. This was your bullpen. This was this was Detroit. This was okay. So in the first few days of baseball season, here's what happened: former Sox closer David Robertson got a save for the Cubs, and former Cub Javi Baez beat the Sox closer. So there's shorthand there. Um, <clears throat> former Cub Yu Darvish threw six no hit innings. Former should have been White Sox Sean Manea threw six no hit innings and went. Uh, seven no hittings. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. And today comes word that Lucas Giolito, you remember him. He's their Sox ace. He's a guy who looked like a wide receiver and then showed up to spring training looking like a tight end. He put on about 20 pounds. Now he's been put on the IL or will be soon. Yesterday's starter had a lot work and he didn't have a lot of velocity, but he had great movement. And he was... One hit, six Ks, two walks, four innings pitched, 61 pitches, zero runs. And then there's a pain in the side. There's an abdomen. There's a pain in the abdomen. There you go. It turns out they haven't named it. Tony LaRusso said that he'll miss at least the next two starts. That's the optimistic view with some kind of ailment. So listen, listen for the announcement. Starting pitcher on opening day at home for the White Sox, Vince Velasquez. That's who's going. That's who's opening. So from last year, with that big three, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Carlos Rodon. The healthy one is the oft-injured Carlos Rodon, and he's in San Francisco. Now you can get mad at, you could look at Lucas Giolito and say, well, the team wasn't around him, he wasn't around the team, and he shows up and there's some surprise at the way he looks, and he's put on 20 pounds, and it was dedicated to avoiding injuries, and he's injured in his first start. 
A lot of guys are going to get hurt this year. They already have. There will be more. You know, we haven't even entered the dead arm period. That's, this is, we're halfway through spring training right now. So if you want to, you get mad at whoever you want to get mad at. You can curse your bad luck, your, all the bad health. You can blame the players and owners. This is all them. Blame the players and owners, and here's why. They did this to themselves. Too much money and not enough spring training. The owners said, we're going to lock you out. We didn't have to, but we're going to lock you out. We want more playoff money. And the players said, well, we want to play 162 games. And the owners said, no, you're not. We're not. We're going to lock you out. We're going to cancel this, cancel that. And the owners lied about a bunch of crap. And we have 162 games because we don't have the proper length of spring training, the proper amount of time to ramp up. And now your White Sox are betting on Johnny Cueto. Hurry up, Johnny. Don't be 36 anymore. It's an it, it's an awful thing that's happening, and and you're going to see these kind of injuries pop up. They're going to continue. They're going to be, in some cases, pretty devastating for certain teams because they will involve pitchers, and that's where everything starts. And look at your White Sox. Look at your White Sox. Today you have Dylan Cease going, and that is a good thing against Detroit. Because he just doesn't lose to Detroit. He dominates Detroit. In 11 career games, not all starts, but 11 career games, he's got a 1.82 ERA, 90 strikeouts, 18 walks. That's almost 5-1. to one. That's hysterical. Of course, these came against Tiger teams that stunk. This one does not seem to stunk, stink. And you still got questions about Tony La Russa. Is Liam Hendricks really ready for a four-out save at this point in the season? with half a spring training? And who should really have been in right field when Javi Baez hit that ball that A.J. Pollock, a good outfielder, but he's not Adam Engel, couldn't quite keep between, you know, from hitting off the wall and there's your ball game. Are you on board with uh, Sox Twitter yesterday? Does Engel catch that ball? Well, we know that Pollock didn't, so Engel couldn't have been worse, could he? He's a better fielder. That's what you do. You, you accomplish two things. You put Engel in a position where he's good. You move Pollock to a position where he's better, and you get three things, and you take Eloy out of the game defensively. So I'm not saying take Pollock out. He had three hits. Leave him in there. You may need him. You never know the way this that game was going. That but seemed they, to be the uh, overwhelming reaction from Sox Twitter immediately yesterday is that Adam Engel would have caught that ball. Well, again, he wouldn't have done worse. The game – if the game had ended there, that's the way it was going to go. I, I just think that, that I, Tony's got his reasons, I'm sure. I don't know if he was asked. I didn't see it. <clears throat> so the Sox sucked. But you know what was worse than that yesterday? The Bulls didn't just suck. They didn't give a damn. It, that was an embarrassment to the franchise. They just didn't care. They were not interested in playing defense. They weren't interested in guarding anybody. I don't care how shorthanded you are. I don't care how banged up you might be at this point in the season. I don't care how accurate or inaccurate you are. You can guard people. It was as if the Bulls were giving the Hornets a police escort to the rim. There was zero, zero rim protection. There was zero attempt at any physical play around the rim. The Hornets were never in danger. The Bulls didn't care. You got a coach calling timeout 
less than two minutes into the game. They don't care. We'll talk about Billy Donovan, and we'll talk about what he said later on. At 1140, we'll have Rick Camp. He's the Bulls postgame host, and he, man, he's only got one more of these games, maybe only five more games in the season when they get to the playoffs and appear like a team that wants to get swept because they're going to leave. They want to leave. They're done. They were really good. They had a great, great time until the All-Star break, and now they don't want to play anymore. The idea that they didn't care, they didn't want to play, that's embarrassing to the franchise. And Billy Donovan did what I have seen some coaches do, and I I didn't know which way to go. I don't know him really well. I think he was his, the only way. He said the only thing he could say. We'll talk about that later. Uh, at 11.20, uh, we... You know, it's always Bears season. It's always Bears stadium season. It's always, well, we'll hear from Mayor Lightfoot about that. Uh, the noon hour, we'll start with Rami Makhlouf from Milwaukee. 1250 the fan, 12.50 a.m. the fan in Milwaukee. And you've heard him on the score before. So it's Brewers and Cubs today. We are your Cubs station. We, this show, Saturday Suckage, will take you up to Cubs pregame at 12.45 First pitch, 120, AM 670. You can hear it there. FM 104.3 HD2. The Odyssey app or 670thescore.com backslash listen. Uh, We also have some musical accompaniment. We have a small, short concert from Eric Church. Yes. NCAA karma. I just love what happened. And we've kind of set this up. We'll bring that to you. And also in the 12 o'clock hour, Jed Hoyer was on the score. Jed Hoyer of the undefeated Cubs. They're on a pace for 162-0. and 0. And we'll see if Justin Steele can keep the dream alive of the perfect season. He goes today against the evil, ugly Brewers. And um, another guy the Cubs are going to have trouble with, Brandon Woodruff. But they beat Corbin Burns. Or they won a game, they won a game where he started. So, we will let you know that we're broadcasting from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Our Tech Zone. Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And so, while we were rounding up, former Cubs, whatever they did, former Cubs, former Sox, there you go. The Dodgers, the Dodgers beat the... The Dodgers beat the Rockies, Chris Bryant's Rockies. And the save went to Craig Kimbrell. But if it makes you feel any better, Craig Kimbrell gave up a run. <laughs> he had a, it was a 5-3 final. He came in with 5-2, and he gave up a run. So that would look familiar to you. And I don't know how long. Caesar, how long do you think this is going to play out? All season, we're just going to keep track of all the all my exes going through Texas? Well, I think uh, if I if I'm hearing you right, you forgot to mention the biggest one was was Javi. I didn't know. I said Did David Robertson, a former Sox closer, got a save for the Cubs while also in the first game of the season in another city. Former Cub Javi Baez beat the Sox. Yeah, I'm not going to forget. See, Javi is my diva's secret boyfriend. One of two. She was much. She was much saddened when my secret boy, when her secret boyfriend was traded last year, and she's quite worried now that Wilson Contreras, who's her other secret boyfriend, 
And I guess it's a secret between everybody else because I just let everybody in on the secret. I don't know how that works right now. I'm Steve Rosenblum. <clears throat> there's no Grody. There's no Trash Panda. So the whole thing sucks, right? We're going to take a break, and we'll come back and and probably char the bulls a little bit, and we'll see what the, what the bears. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I don't know. George, George and Mayor Lightfoot negotiating the way she sounded. She was on the score this week, and she had some things to say about where the Bears might play football. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thanks for listening. On Saturday Suckage, we suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Happy opening day. Sorry, I was just tweeting out something about Mark Grody. It's his show. He used to be on the show. He's not on the show. And Kashpilkis tweeted out that today's the day. Caesar, do you know this for sure? Mark Grody goes into the Illinois State University Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I use the old uh, Google machine here and find out for you real fast. Yeah. I think that the Grobber Doppelganger... The Grobber replacement, you can never replace Grobber. You can only hope to revamp his bits. Um, I think that's today, and we are scheduled to be back tomorrow, Saturday Suckage, in the full arrangement, the full alignment, full formation next Saturday. That's what I think I've seen. I'm never sure. I don't know. But I know that he was going into the ISU Hall of Fame. So which do you think, which, Caesar? which do you think I asked him this on Twitter um, at Steve Rosenblum, and I asked Mark Grody to answer this, the choice, and remember, death is not an option. ISU Basketball Hall of Fame or that 2016 Cubs World Series ring? I, I think he really cherishes the ISU Hall of Fame. That's something that I think really means a lot to him. I, I think he's going to go with that. Well, I think he would go with that because that's what he's getting recency bias, and plus he's already got the World Series ring from 2016. By the way, Saturday Suckage, we have a World Series ring. The Saturday Suckage show has a World Series ring. I'm still waiting for any of the other shows. The big shows, the adult shows, <clears throat> what do they have? <clears throat> they got bupkis for spilkis. Welcome and welcome back. Um, you heard Mayor Lightfoot talking, coming into this segment. She was talking on the Mully and Haw show and it is, you know, okay, the Sox sucked. The Bulls sucked so bad they didn't give a damn. The Cubs won, and they will be here trying to go 162-0. and 0. They will try to, Justin Steele will be tasked with keeping that goal alive at 1245. We'll talk Cubs later on. But the idea that I'm not sure... If this is election stuff, if this is campaign stuff, if this is a sign of, does she have leverage? No leverage? Does she? Did, could somebody like George McCaskey actually have stumble into leverage just by being a member of the Lucky Sperm Club? Anyways, this is Mayor Lightfoot. She was on with Molly and Haw. Talking about, she sounds kind of, I wouldn't say desperate. I think she sounds eager to be able to have a victory 
over the over the Bears or with the Bears because everybody beat everybody has a victory over the Bears. Just in keeping them in the city and not Arlington Heights and and out the making the Bears Schaumburg adjacent. This is what she had to say. We're going to keep our conversations with the Bears going. We stood up a working group to kind of look at the entirety of uh, the museum campus, including Soldier Field, and I, I'm confident that the numbers work in our favor. Now, what the Bears ultimately do, they're going to do, but I'm confident that we can and will make a very compelling economic case for the Bears to stay in Chicago far greater than anything that they could possibly get in any suburb, including Arlington Heights. You just will not get. I don't know what she's talking about. And you can say that if you're not going to reveal any confidence, you're not going to betray any confidence about what's going on in negotiation. But it sounds like a lot of hogwash to me. Maybe there's some secret stuff they can get. I don't know what the city could do to match giving the, the, that Arlington Heights is going to give them acres and acres and acres. They bought, they, they, they bought this right to purchase and build on this. And they, they essentially bought the right to, I don't know, double the $4 billion, triple the $4 billion franchise value. I mean, this is this is an unbelievable opportunity. The city, how does the city match this, Caesar? I mean, but my thing is, if you, if you're a modern bear fan, why would you want that to happen? I mean, how do you not want one of these beautiful, new, shiny stadiums that you're seeing all over the place in L.A. and in Vegas and you name it, city? As a modern, you know, so I'm 36 years old. I would call myself a modern bear fan, right? How can you be in my class of fan and, and not want one of these beautiful stadiums? Why would you even want that to happen, what she's talking about? I, I don't even want that. I want them to get a beautiful new stadium out in the burbs. Out in the burbs? Do you live in the burbs or do you live in the city? I do live in the burbs, but, I mean, the, the whole Soldier Field experience, just let's be honest here, right? How, how great is that experience? In what regard? Getting there or being inside it or both? All of it. Okay. All of it. You realize that trying to get to Soldier uh, to to um, Schaumburg or Jason Field, you realize that trying to get out there, even if you take the train from you know, downtown all the way out there, whatever it is, and a train drops you right where they're, right at that at Churchill Downs at Schaumburg adjacent Bears Stadium or whoever they're going to name it after, whatever naming rights they're going to sell to it, your name here. If you you're still going to run into a, a bunch of traffic. Your experience in the stadium undoubtedly will be better. How could anything not be better than Soldier Field? I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a horrible thing. But in general, I believe the worst place to watch a football game is a football stadium. It, we've been so trained to see everything in our living room, everything up close. You get none of this. That is just being in a football stadium to watch a football game is it, whatever, in, in the case of Soldier Field, 61,000 people with FOMO. That's it. There's no other reason to go there. It's a miserable experience. It's undoubtedly bad weather. It's in an open-air stadium. It's in a, a, a ugly-looking place, for one thing. And there and it's as, as difficult inside as it is ugly outside. And God don't like ugly. We don't know why he made so many of those stadiums, but God don't like ugly. 
Dusty Baker used to say that. So you it's simply for the FOMO people and the others, you know, and, and part of FOMO is people who need to be seen so they have their suites so they're inside. And I get why fans would want that, but you'd only want it. The only reason a fan would want it, the first reason would want it is they think they're they're really highfalutin and they got these seats. But the, the main reason you should want it is, is this money going to get poured back into the roster? Is this money going to get poured back into scouting? See, there might be a salary cap. There's not a scouting cap. You don't have to be one of the dumber, leanest teams there is. And you've seen the Bears come out of that. Uh, George McCaskey, for all his stumbling and bumbling and fumbling and having no idea how to talk to a general manager, this is just, he's, he's guilelessly stupid. The fact that he admits, I, I, this is new for me, being able to talk to, I don't know how to talk to a general manager. Really? You don't say, what are you doing to make this team better? Why is this working? How do you not have a conversation with a general manager? You've been in the building. They've been in the building. You're writing their checks. I, I just, that's compellingly stupid on George's part. To It must be true, and the fact that he's admitting it compounds it. But the idea that Ian Cunningham was hired, that he was, that you've got a guy, you've got an assistant general manager for the first time, and that you are dealing with a new general manager, again, typical Bears, putting somebody in, in a new position, a position he's never had before, which fits. George has never had this position. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a member of the Lucky Sperm Club. Ted's never had this position. Ted, Ted and George together have been miserable. This has been an embarrassment for over a decade. But Ryan Pohl seems to be embracing the idea of not so fast. And the Bears today signed a linebacker because their coach, he played for their coach. He played for Eberflus, Matt Adams his name. Largely a special teamer, doesn't seem to be a starter. Linebacker is a position of interest. You got to wonder where Roquan Smith's going to play, how it's all going to how it's all going to play out, and who's going to be hurt. But the the idea that they're the Bears are looking, okaying, willing to expand the non-salary cap places is a good sign if you're a Bears fan. But so, the idea of a stadium in the in the in the burbs, it has to be because you live in the burbs, Caesar. Well, you know, we have a text message from an eight one five. You know, most fans are in the burbs already. Do you tend to agree with that? I I kind of think that's that's a big. Uh, uh, I, I know. don't know. I I don't know where they, where, where they are and whether they'd be willing to go. But guess what? If you don't, if you live in the city, you're almost probably better off taking the train out there if that's the way you're going to commute. Because fifty three is going to be a oh my god. It will be. Do you ever do you ever hear of a movie called Falling Down? I have. Okay. Do you know what happens in it? Spoiler alert, kids. Michael Douglas is not happy. He has short hair and he's got a rifle, and he's not happy. And traffic sets him off. And this is it. It. He's not going to take it anymore. And he carries his briefcase the whole movie. I believe doesn't he carry the briefcase with him the whole time? What's in while, the briefcase? While he goes on the What's rampage. In the and that's what will happen on Fifty Three. You will have people, you'll have so much road rage because 53 is horrible. And it's got, I, I don't know where they go with it. I don't know. You need to add lanes. You need to add secret secret switchbacks. You need to add 
an upper 53 and a lower 53. You need a, an upper Algonquin and a lower Algonquin. But I don't know how they're going to get w- people there. Wouldn't wouldn't the you know metros of the world and, and everybody? There's when, one metro. There's one line. That's it. But but I'm saying when the money gets put there for that new stadium, they're going to start putting money into stuff like that too. And 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 you know it'll happen. It, the, the the trains getting out there and new ways to get to the stadium will be created when the stadium starts getting created. You know, money creates money. Uh, so what would what would what would Lori Lightfoot offer? What would Mayor Lightfoot offer? What why would their offer be so much so much greater than what the Bears could reap in that shining than that shiny new stadium? The only thing I can think of her having something it would be a sports book, right? The, the sports book everybody's always talking about. They're everywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I I don't know what this thing she's going to pull out of you know her closet is. I I don't know. You know, I don't know what it would be. I but again, I wouldn't want it anyway. I mean, if you're a modern bear fan, why do, would you want that? Just we want the new stadium, a new shiny stadium. You know, give me what L.A. has, what Vegas. They look beautiful. You watch these prime time games. And they have these outside shots of these beautiful stadiums. And for all the Bears are supposed to be, you know, a founding team, a charter franchise, all that. And we're playing at Soldier Field still. And, yeah, Soldier Field, the name behind and everything. But with the smallest stadium in the league, I mean, what are, you know, why would you not want a big, beautiful, new Chicago Bears stadium? I, I would rather have a franchise quarterback. I don't care about a stadium. Again, football stadium is the worst place to see a football game, period. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, something more embarrassing than Saturday suckage, something that was worse than suck, took place last night. We will talk about it next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We had so much success so quick, so fast that, you know, I knew at some point we was going to have to deal with this type of adversity, you know, um, you never want it at the end of the road. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, going through high school, you're getting all A's as freshman, sophomore, and a junior and senior year. You know, you got AP classes and extremely hard. I don't know. I just made that up. But you get what I'm trying to say. You, you know. I just made that up. That's DeMar Rosen, the all-star of analogies. Talking after last night's – last night was – when they lost like a, a thousand and twelve to four to the Hornets, and it wasn't that close, it was he was desperate, trying to find something, trying not to tell the truth, basically. And then there would be a we'll try to bring you the Batman sound. He's starting doing a Batman analogy and using move the guy with a Joker tattooed on him. Why so serious? All right, so we're going to talk about the Bulls. We have to. We also, I'll let you know that even though we're going to talk about the Bulls, we're going to end with something very happy and interesting, which is food talk, which demands when we go to the SCORE hotline and we go to the SCORE hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We talk to Rick Camp. We always have food on our minds. Rick, thank you for, I hope you didn't lose your appetite from last night's game. No, I made sure to eat early enough, so that way it was. <laughs> I wasn't eating during the game, and then at least the Bulls. You know, I didn't have post game last night, so uh, that was that was the joy of Mike Esposito. So I was able to turn it off uh, just at the start of the third quarter. So uh, thank you to the Bulls for opening up more of my night than I thought I was going to have. So the the um, the guy Cody Weschelin, the the Bulls reporter for the Score, covers them. He's been a guest on the show. 
called it the most dispiriting performance of the Billy Donovan era. I don't think the Bulls gave a damn. I don't think they cared. They seemed to have the accepted in their mind they were going to be the sixth seed. Why should we try? Why should we go out there? And I don't think they cared. How did you view that, and what do you think of the way Cody phrased it? I think I think your characterization and Cody's are correct. That it sure didn't seem like they cared at at that point because it's one thing if even even if you put up that first half, which was <laughs> as bad as you could as you could ever expect, but then to come out of the of the locker room in the second half and then have Charlotte put up another run to get that thing up to around thirty, that's where it was even more discouraging to me because. You know, for whatever reason, people are, you know, people are people and maybe you come out and you just have an awful half. But then when you get into the locker room, you reset a little bit, then maybe, okay, you get woken up a little bit. And even if you don't end up winning, you come out, you go on a quick run and then maybe Charlotte puts you back in your place just to show a blip. But they didn't even do that. So that really shows that I they couldn't have thought much going into these last couple games. So even though we haven't heard anything for sure, I, I would be surprised if too many guys are playing uh, tomorrow in that game or playing many minutes at all. Maybe they start, but you know they just play minimal amount of minutes from what they're used to. And it's, it is discouraging because Billy Donovan had said he wanted these last couple games to be, okay, let's maybe, if not truly fix things, then at least get a little bit more work between everybody on maybe one or two things they can look at towards the playoffs. And sure, they're going to have about a week off. We don't know if their first round series will be Saturday or Sunday, so it's either six days or seven days off. But they got to do something because the way everything has trended, even before the All-Star break, has just really been negative to the point where, you know, blaming it on just injuries just seems extremely short-sighted at this point. We're talking with Rick Camp. He is the executive producer of the Bernstein Show, but more importantly, he is the Bulls post-game host and a co-founder, a co-fat of the I'm Fat podcast, which we'll get to in a moment. But you bring up the, it, with LaMelo Ball going off and just pantsing everybody yesterday, I, I all these losses run together, so you can help me. It was a recent loss this week. When you were taking issue in the post-game show with a texter, who had said it's all Lonzo Bell without him or Lonzo Ball without him everything is falling apart and you made it you were much more discriminating than just going that with that polarity talking about turning defense into offense the kind of things he brought I wanted you to share that with the class I thought it was a cogent thing and I don't know if there's a way that they can adapt that need when they get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think it is tough, and Lon, you do miss Lonzo Ball, and there are certain aspects of the game to where the Bulls miss him. It is that point of attack defense. It is even when Alex Caruso or Io would be on the ball. If he's a wing defender, he's so good as, at reading the play and kind of being able to play center field in a way and jump passing lanes and get the break started that that's where you miss him, but and I'll kind of like go progressively from the defensive part of the court up to into the front court, because then another thing Billy Donovan has been all over and, and uh, Bill Wennington on post game has been all over the bulls for, especially since Lonzo has been out is not taking advantage of any opportunity to run 
because when the Bulls were at their best, they were forcing turnovers, which allowed them to get out and run. The ball would get in Lonzo Ball's hands. And in terms of being a full-court transition playmaker, he's one of the best, if not the best, in the entire NBA. So not having that sure seems to have gotten everybody else to be like, well, even if we do run, we're not going to get the ball, so why run? (laughs) And then you have either whoever's bringing the ball up, either walking it up or just jogging it up, so the Bulls are not getting set. It's taking longer for them to get into their sets. And then one of the things that uh, the texter was bringing up was that he's great in the half court as a point guard in terms of Lonzo Ball. And he's just not a point guard in the half court. His former coach, Stan Van Gundy, said as much. If if by point guard you mean guy that brings the ball up and initiates the and and initiates either the action or hands off to the guy that does initiate the action, then sure. But his role in the half court offense is much more as a, a spacer, a three point shooter, or when Levine or DeRozan drive and they kick out, they have to kick out to the opposite wing. He's the guy that makes the decision at that opposite wing to either swing it to the corner for an open shot, swing it to the top to either move the ball again or to put the ball up or to attack off the dribble and maybe take one or two steps in and either try and hit a floater or hit a mid-range jumper. Like that's where he excels half court wise. So there are very specific things that Lonzo ball helps the bulls out at, but effort is only a slight part of it because the bulls haven't had effort like defensively for quite a while. I mean, and the thing with Charlotte is you look at those shooting numbers and you say, well, unsustainable night of shooting. And like you mentioned, LaMelo, LaMelo hit some asinine shots. Like there were a couple of those shots that it doesn't matter who's defending him, how much effort, like there's nothing you can do about it. But a lot of those it's, oh, guys are just not rotating back or, you know, maintaining a decent amount of of integrity to the guy they're defending while cheating down a little bit. That was a big thing with DeRozan and Levine last night was their guys would be above the break. They would cheat down when the ball be moved on the baseline and then the ball gets swung back out to the top. And whether it was a guy like Bridges or Washington or Ball or, or Roshi, it really didn't matter who those guys were wide open. So it wasn't just that Charlotte hit everything. They were hitting quality, quality shot opportunities too. So Lonzo Ball is missed. There's no doubt about it in a few different ways. But to put all of this on him or call him an elite point guard is kind of asinine, especially when you consider in the three years he's played in the NBA where there's been 82 game seasons, he's not played more than like 65% of the games in any of them. Yeah, and that that keeps going. But one of the things that happens, one of the, I, I know the hidden advantages of the way he plays is you disrupt the other team and you make them run to cover you. So mm-hmm. you 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 help you help maybe take the edge off their offense by making them play defense. Now he's not going to do anything at the rim. The Bulls did nothing at the rim, and that's what I thought was so insulting. Yesterday's players insulted the fans, the fan base, the organization because there was not any kind of physical act, any kind of physical deterrence. I'm not saying go Grayson Allen on anybody. I'm saying give a honest physical effort, make the opponent earn something at the hoop, and they might as well dumped it for them. That's what really was insulting and aggravating for me. It's And the ironic part of it is before the game, right before they did the intros, uh, Zach Levine had the mic and, you know, thank the fans for all the support they've brought this season and Ooh. said, keep bringing that same energy in the playoffs. <laughs> 
So uh, right. if 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 the, yeah, if the players could do the same, that would be uh, much appreciated. Uh, I want to play you something that Billy Donovan said. Uh, it was post game, and and I I had some thoughts on it. I want to hear yours. Here's Billy Donovan from last night. Some of the struggles that took place in the first quarter were things that we really tried to cover today at shoot around. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't do a good enough job of, of creating maybe enough clarity for them on those situations. And I thought we had some blown coverages and um, we got hurt on some slip outs. Um, it was stuff that we knew that they were going to do. Uh, we kind of talked about it, worked on a little bit, but I obviously did not do a good enough job creating enough clarity there for them. So that's on me. What do you think of that, Rick? I think that at this point, he's probably realized he's put a, he's put enough blame publicly on the players lately where he's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to I'll take this L myself mm-hmm. on this one. But there's probably an, ele- an element to it because there were times where they look confused. But I mean, some of the things, though, that Charlotte was doing are things that other teams do it's just that charlotte is more active and athletic so maybe they're able to do it in slightly different ways in terms of trapping ball handlers or being extra aggressive in the passing lanes and the thing is if a team is willing to move and back cut and just do any of that stuff you can take advantage of other teams aggressiveness but the bulls just haven't done that enough as of late so i think there's blame on both but i understand billy probably just being like okay, I've publicly put enough on the players as of late. I got to take this one myself. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he fell on the player's sword. He, the players embarrassed him and the franchise, and he said, I've got your back. That's That was the subtext of all that. Before we go, I do not want to miss this. Baseball's opening season is always the opening of food season, mm-hmm. and I always find the most interesting and some things that I just want I, I go down there. Houston, um, besides producing uh, Layla Rahimi, uh, and she will vouch for this. Um, barbecue is two of their four major food groups, and I think beer and tequila are the other two. Same. So the, the Rangers, the Rangers. Here's two things I want your thoughts on. They uh, they are offering an alligator and Dewey sausage hand dipped corn dog. Oh, I now I have not had alligator as of yet, but I've heard it's good, and I love the concept because. You could pair almost anything with andouille sausage for me, and I'll at least give it a try. So, corn dog, andouille sausage, and a meat that I've heard is good that I have yet to try. Yes, I'm here for that. Okay, what about brisket egg rolls? Yes, a thousand <laughs> times. So I'm assuming this is more of just like a, a barbecue. It seems so. This is the thing. I don't know if you've noticed this at restaurants, how there's like always trends with different types of appetizers. Like for a while, mm-hmm. it was like, let's throw everything yes. humanly possible on a potato skin. That's right. And, and now it's let's throw everything possible in an egg roll because there's there's a bar down the street from me that like like basically half of their appetizer menu is different varieties of non-traditional egg rolls and they're awesome. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm with you on that. And this, this one has is a classic egg roll wrap. Just exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Smoked brisket, Napa cabbage. I know you don't have any room for green or a reason for green, but it's deep fried Togarashi seasoned fries and sweet baby raised barbecue sauce for dipping. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm re- here for that. So the last one, I love this idea because it just, it piles on mac and cheese nachos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Don't even need much of the description. Just, <laughs> no, that's, yes. that's it. There is. It's quite extensive. The, the tortilla chips, the mac and cheese, creamy mac and cheese, pico de gallos there, jalapenos, a drizzle of sour cream. And, and then you can follow that up with chili, cornbread chili pie dog. And oh, all, there, there are yeah. no bad words there. No. It's Texas chilies chili, shredded cheese, mm-hmm. shredded cheddar, an all-beef hot dog, and freshly baked cornbread. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that that might be my favorite. Oh, my God. Isn't that it, is, we, yeah. That's, that's like, you can, like, there's so many good things there. There's no way that's bad. All right. Confess, concession stands in sections 132 to 225. See you there, Rick. All right. Well, hey, and if I eat too much, at least I know they have plenty of garbage cans down in Houston to where I can utilize them. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. Thanks for your time, Rick. Appreciate it. Thanks. Rick Camp. He's both a post-game host and, of course, the co-founder of the I'm Fat podcast, and we always need to talk food. Those are those those concession stand ideas. It's just barbecue anything, barbecue everything. I'm here for that. I'm there for that. That's worth the trip down there, even though the the Rangers had a seven nothing lead yesterday against Toronto, and they lost. That's I think they're the first team to their first team where they knocked out the pitcher in one third of an inning. Jose Barrios, the big Toronto offseason deal, he has an ERA of one hundred and eight. His team won a game he started. They came back and they won that game. Uh, but nobody's going to beat them at food. This is tremendous stuff. All right, we we'll take a break. And it's Cubs and Brewers. So there's your Milwaukee rivalry. And Bulls and Bucks, and which is not a rivalry. It's almost it's it's basically Bears Packers. We will talk about both rivalries with someone from north of the Cheddar Curtain. We'll go up to Wisconsin, which is America's largest dive bar, and we'll discuss both teams, both sports, both rivalries. This is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.